the doctor's family. It used to be said in the village of Beatham that nothing ever went wrong with Alice Dugdale, the meaning of which perhaps lay in the fact that she was determined that things should be made to go right. Things as they came were received by her with a gracious welcome, and things, whatever they were, seemed to be so well pleased with the treatment afforded to them that they too, for the most part, made themselves gracious in return. Nevertheless, she had had sorrows, as who has not? But she had kept her tears for herself, and had shown her smiles for the comfort of those around her. In this little story, it shall be told how in a certain period of her life she had suffered much, how she still smiled, and how at last she got the better of her sorrow. Her father was the country doctor in the populous and straggling parish of Beatham. Beatham is one of those places so often found in the south of England, half village, half town, for the existence of which there seems to be no special reason. It had no mayor, no municipality, no market, no pavements, and no gas. It was therefore no more than a village, but it had a doctor, and Alice's father, Dr. Dugdale, was the man. He had been established at Beatham for more than thirty years, and knew every pulse and every tongue for ten miles round. I do not know that he was very great as a doctor, but he was a kind-hearted liberal man, and he enjoyed the confidence of the Beatamites, which is everything. For thirty years he had worked hard and had brought up a large family without want. He was still working hard, though turned sixty at the time of which we're speaking. He had, even in his old age, many children dependent on him, and though he had fairly prospered, he had not become a rich man. He had been married twice, and Alice was the only child left at home by his first wife. Two elder sisters were married, and an elder brother was away in the world. Alice had been much younger than they, and had been the only child living with him when he had brought to his house a second mother for her. She was then fifteen. Eight or nine years had since gone, and almost every year had brought an increase to the doctor's family. There were now seven little Dugdales in and about the nursery, and what the seven would do when Alice should go away, the folk of Beatham always declared that they were quite at a loss even to guess for Mrs. Dugdale was one of those women who succumbed to difficulties, who seem originally to have been made of soft material and to have become warped, out of joint, tattered, and almost useless under the wear of the world. But Alice had been constructed of thoroughly seasoned timber, so that let her be knocked about as she might, she was never out of repair. Now the doctor, excellent as he was at doctoring, was not very good at household matters so that the folk at Beatham had reason to be at a loss when they bethought themselves as to what would happen when Alice should go away. Of course, there's always that prospect of a girl's going away. Girls not unfrequently intend to go away. Sometimes they go away very suddenly, without any previous intention. At any rate, such a girl as Alice cannot be regarded as a fixture in a house. Binding as may be her duties at home, it is quite understood that should any adequate provocation to go away be brought within her reach, she will go, let the duties be what they may. Alice was a thoroughly good girl, good to her father, good to her little brothers and sisters, unutterably good to that poor foolish stepmother, but no doubt she would go away if duly asked. When the vista of future discomfort in the doctor's house first made itself clearly apparent to the Beatamites, an idea that Alice might perhaps go very soon had begun to prevail in the village. The eldest son of the vicar, Parson Rossiter, had come back from India as Major Rossiter, with an appointment, as some said, of two thousand pounds a year, let us put it down as fifteen hundred pounds, and had renewed his acquaintance with his old playfellow. Others, more than one or two, had endeavoured before this to entice Alice to go away, 
but it was said that the dark-visaged warrior, with his swarthy face and black beard and bright eyes, probably too something in him nobler than those outward bearings, had whispered words which had prevailed. It was supposed that Alice now had a fitting lover, and that therefore she would go away. There was no doubt in the mind of any single inhabitant of Beetham as to the quality of the lover. It was considered on all sides that he was fitting, so fitting that Alice would, of course, go when asked. John Rossiter was such a man that every Beethamite looked upon him as a hero, so that Beetham was proud to have produced him. In small communities, a man will come up now and then as to whom it is surmised that any young lady would, of course, accept him. This man, who was now about ten years older than Alice, had everything to recommend him. He was made up of all good gifts of beauty, conduct, dignity, good heart, and fifteen hundred a year at the very least. His official duties required him to live in London, from which Beatham was seventy miles distant, but those...